0: Hey, everyone, this is Chris Benton from the Chris and Sandy Show, and today is our um, special episode of of State of the Music Business, where we we bring on executives from the business side of music. Because, you know, everybody gets interviewed on music with the artists and all that. So we wanted to do once a week where we bring on someone um, who's on the business side that can explain some things that maybe your average person don't know, or maybe it can help some artists to get some traction that they never thought of last week we had joe kelly this week we have trevor perkins with perkins publicity i've known him for a little while um we shoot out a lot of his press releases and we've got actually one of his artists coming on on friday so we're excited about that but trevor are you here
1: awesome hi thank you so much for having me
0: no problem so how you been?
1: i'm doing great how are you doing today
0: Pretty good. So what's the weather like up there in Nashville right now?
1: Yeah, I can hear that. It's it's crazy there.
0: (laughs) So before we really get started, tell everybody who you are, company you're with, and maybe some things that you do outside of music.
1: Of course. Um, So I am very young in the industry. Um, I am 18 years old. I am still a (laughs) high school student. Um and I go to high school in Tabor, Iowa um at Fremont Mills, and I got started in the industry um at thirteen years old, so that's um a lot of industry executives don't have that kind of um experience that I do, but I got started at a very young age um and within the last couple of years, um I decided that um, I need to figure out something to do to make money in the industry. Um, mm-hmm. There's so much things you can do, um, but it was time to take it to the next level. Um, so I decided to open the doors to my own PR firm, um, and I opened the doors, and it's just been a roller coaster ever since.
0: Wow. So because of your age, do, do some people not want to take you seriously?
1: Um, I would say I never feel that Um, in the industry. You know, When you get started in the industry, um, you got to know who your tribe is. You know, you got to know who are the people you can go to. And um, there for the longest time when I was um, interviewing artists like, you know, you do, um, I never mentioned my age. I never let Mm -hmm. my age get in the way of what I wanted to do. Um, And I think that's just for the simple fact. I think there was a fear of, oh, well, they're not going to take me seriously. Um, yeah. however, I've never felt like my age, um, really affected my work and other people's work. Um, cause like I said, I was, I was open about my age. Like I would tell them if they mm-hmm. asked me, but I never was like, oh, Hey, just so you know, I'm very young.
0: Yeah. So as, um, have you always lived in Nashville?
1: I, uh, so I currently do not live in Nashville. Um, I okay. went to Nashville for the first time. In June, um, I covered CMA Fest as a media. Um, I interviewed I some amazing artists. Good. Yes, it was an amazing experience. Um, it really taught me a lot about myself um, and mm-hmm. about the city. Um, but I fell in love with the city. Um, I think that's the city is beautiful. The industry is so beautiful. Um, I think it's so great how you can go out and you connect with tons of different people at mm-hmm. all sorts of times.
0: So are you eventually – do you have any plans of moving – to be make Nashville your home base or
1: Yes, um that is my goal right now. Um I graduate in May. Um mm-hmm. so I will have high school under my belt. Um and then from there, um I have decided that um I just need to find where I fit in necessarily. Um yeah. I've done a lot in the music industry over the last 5 years. Um I've booked concerts, I've interviewed hundreds and hundreds of artists. Um, and I have my own PR firm, so I really <laughs> just going to find my niche in it. Um, and I plan on making mm-hmm. monthly trips down to Nashville, and then eventually making
0: Nashville my home. That is awesome. So uh, you know, with you being so young, you might have a really good perspective here because all you know is the new music media now. <laughs> you yeah. Because you know, so what are your thoughts? on where we're going in the music industry.
1: I think where people are going in the industry um, is a huge beneficial thing. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't necessarily explain on, you know, where I see other people going, but Mm -hmm. back then there were so many people just trying to get through and there still is people trying to get through today. But I think the industry is more of a family than Mm. just a community. Um, Mm. I think everyone supports everybody. And so I think with the generosity and the dedication that people put into their careers, that um, bringing everyone together just only helps further and helps the industry go further.
0: That is awesome. You know, to, to, you know, you have really done a lot in your, in your young age, and I, I'm, I'm going to yeah. keep saying that because, again, you've, you impressed me. <laughs> while why you're on the show because, you know, normally I probably wouldn't bring someone young on because you know, we're trying to really get the details of how the 90s were and up into this. Exactly. But, you know, I, I kind of like your perspective too because I think we got to have both perspectives because I think in, when it comes to music, you, you almost have people who are like, well, that's not country. And then you've got people, no, that's country to me. And so you got all these different opinions. So it's really cool to bring someone in. But you know what? They're, like, fresh. They're, like, they're hungry. And, you know, because I know that that's you because, I, I, you know, we've been Facebook friends for a while. And I watch a lot of what you do, and I, and I can tell you're really hungry and you're fighting for the artists that you, that, that you represent.
1: Exactly. And that's exactly what I'm about. Um, I tell my artists any artist that talks to me about PR services um, I'm not in it to make money Um, that is not my thing Um, if I wanted to make money I would charge 10 times of what I do Um, I'm in it to help further your career Um, I fell in love with music at a very very young age Um, and I, I can't sing I can't play guitar I can't do any of that um, but I was fascinated by the industry side of things, and so I always put my artists before anything else, and you know help them pursue their dreams because that's what everyone's doing. There's so many trying to pursue their dreams, and so if I can help some of them pursue their dreams, then that makes me happy.
0: Yeah, we were talking with Joe last week, and he made a really good point. We were talking about <clears throat> about um, Spotify labels and all that, and he said, and he made a comment I really like and I wish people would listen to this. He said that a lot of people try to go to a label too soon. If you go too soon, then you're screwed. He exactly. says, get out there, build your base, make you a profit of one to two hundred thousand dollars before you even consider a label. So if you do that, you will have all the clout you need.
1: And I think that and I think Joe is on with that. Um, I always tell an artist: I think PR is one of the most needed things in a career, um, mm-hmm. especially an artist starting out. Um, no one knows who you are, and yeah. so when they hire a PR person, their job is to introduce people um, and introduce mm-hmm. you to new fan bases.
0: Yep, so exactly. I believe
1: that getting a good, affordable team to help start your career. Before you jumpstart into other things, is definitely the right track to go.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because like you said, you know, a label like nowadays – like, for instance, I got a guy recently that's part of one of the labels. I won't mention who. And he reached out to me privately, and he said that they've got a duo on their team. They've got a, a guy on their team. They're looking for a female. So he said, if you have a female that, you, that you're connected to, we would love to talk if. And, he, and so I'm waiting for the if. And as I'm reading, it, said 15, it started out 15,000. I'm like, okay, I know I've got some there. And then he added YouTube subscribers. It's like, ooh. So I went to all the female friends that I have that are in the thing. And I'm talking some that have 100,000 fans on Facebook, and none of them had 15,000 YouTube So labels now – that's, I think, the problem with labels is it used to before social media. You could walk in the label, sing for them, and if they liked you, they they would bring you on right on the spot. Now labels have been smart. You you create the buzz, which of course that's where you come in too. But you create the buzz, and now the label will consider if you've got a following.
1: Yeah, and I agree with that. Um, I think that you know. Before going into something big, you know, every artist waits for the big break. Everyone dreams Mm -hmm. to be signed to the same label as Reba. Um, But I think it is build your name. Um, If Mm -hmm. you're listening and you can take anything out of this, is build your name. Um, If you are passionate about your career and you can hustle 24-7, then you will make it. It may not be tomorrow, it may not be six from months Six months from now, it may not be ten years from now. But I believe if you hustle and keep doing what you're doing and building those fan bases, connecting with fans, you will get somewhere.
0: And I think a lot of people, too, they got this mixed emotion where, where a lot of fans think that you want to be the superstar. And like you said, you, you don't want to be – you you're you would pay, you would charge a lot more with you, but well, even artists, there's a lot of artists that they don't care to be the Blake Shelton, but they're out there they're making they're making gross you know 750 to to a million dollars a year, gross and then after all the expenses are paid, you know they're keeping 100 150 thousand a year and they're happy, exactly where they are. Yeah, they've, they've got a good base and that's what Joe was saying too that some because a lot of these artists don't want to take that step. And he said, "That's okay. we need the low he says with the tools we got now nowadays that they didn't have ten years fifteen years ago, with the tools that they got now, you really have you really can make a hundred grand a year as an artist if you do it right because of all the yeah. technology
1: yeah, no, I agree. I think technology has really made an impact in careers." I know, obviously, everyone will say I'm a millennial. I was born in 2001. So I grew up with technology, um, and I know Mm -hmm. technology at the back of my hand. But just looking back and thinking to myself, what if there would be no technology? You know, Mm -hmm. you would have to go out, and you would have to personally connect, and you'd have to do this, and you'd have to do that. You would have no Spotify streams. You'd have no Facebook likes. I think artists would have 10 times harder time getting in the industry that way. Um, technology. Yeah, cause, cause there's so many de- of them. Exactly. I mean, there's thousands of them. And so I think technology definitely has an advantage um, into artists' careers because fans, I know personally, like, I love nothing more than be able to connect with my favorite artist. I love nothing more to be able to enter a giveaway or, you know, watch him perform on Facebook Live, you know, and I think technology has really advanced that and will only Mm -hmm. continue to advance.
0: Yeah, because you can only, I mean, what, what difference in the music industry, since you've been in for about five years now, since you've been in, what's the difference now than it was when you first joined the whole industry?
1: So when I first started, um, I'll be honest with you. I really didn't take things seriously. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that where I'd be today would affect things. And so when I first started, um, I had no idea. I had no idea how to do anything. I just created a Facebook page because, Hey, I was, you know, 13 years old and Hey, I was going to sign up for Facebook to figure out what that was. And so I, I, I did it. And I think looking back, the technology advancements. Um, my favorite one back um, when I was doing um, interviews and interviewing artists was when Facebook rolled out um, the different emotions that you can mm-hmm. put on a Facebook post. Um, because as a influencer and as a, um, I would say managing editor of a magazine. Mm-hmm you want to know how your fans are connecting, how they are with your content you're pushing. And Mm -hmm. so I think with um, the introduction of the Facebook emotions is what I call them. um, Mm -hmm. It allows fans and it allows people like us and artists and people and dogs, cats, whatever. It allows people to know how people are feeling and I think that is a key thing in the industry. You know, you can release music after music after music, but I think mm-hmm. you need to know how people are feeling about you to release music. Um, you know, is it are people not listening to your music right now? You know, is that's probably a key time that you need to start pushing out something new, or you know, yeah. maybe you're a hot thing and people are just loving you. And you yeah. know, so I think definitely the, I would say that would probably be my number one thing. Um, that I love about the industry that has changed over the course of time.
0: Yeah. What's a question that maybe you've asked artists in the past that you don't really hear other hosts ask? And the reason I'm asking this because it might give me ideas for artists that that we have coming up. You know, what's what's one or two questions that you would ask that most people never ask?
1: What is your drive? That is my number one oh, well, question like I ask every artist: What is your drive? If your drive is to eventually not be able to do anything, and mm-hmm. you can just uh, your fans support you, then you're not in it for the industry. Mm-hmm. You are like creating that. a fan base, and you are creating a army. And if you're in it to just make money, and to just And just do basically, basically meet ends meets. Then you do not deserve to be in the industry. Um, There are so many people trying to achieve the best and trying to push for their dreams. Um, And I think if you do not know what your drive is, then you Mm. don't need to be in the industry. Um, I'm not saying that ten years down the road that you can't come back to the industry.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm
1: saying that. If you are do not know your drive right now, you need to look back and see what you're doing.
0: yeah because I did get a little good and when we, um, when we interviewed Justine Blazer, one of my questions was, "What makes you tick?" And she loved that, so yeah, I'm gonna have to keep that I'm gonna, yeah, because she went on on that one really good, what about being a woman-driven production company.
1: And Mm -hmm. all that, you
0: know, and it was really, really amazing what, how she, I mean, she just lit up. You could, even though it's a phone thing, she, you could tell in her voice, she lit up. So yeah, Yeah. you're right. That's a really good question. I'm going to keep that one in mind. Um, And speaking of the women thing, what do you think as we lead in a little bit more depth of what's going on with country radio of not allowing women on there or not much women on there?
1: Um, I definitely think it's sad. Um, I'm a huge supporter of female artists. Um, And I think that in over time, and we keep raising awareness, things will get done. Um, I work with many organizations and um, outlets that, you know, specifically just support female artists. And I think that The time is coming Um, There's going to be negativity There's negativity all over the world Um, There's going to be radio stations That say they can't play you There's going to be people that refuse To play you But I think that within 10 years I don't think it's going to be a problem And you know I understand that These bigger artists You know they're here to Make music, make money, achieve their dreams Great for them And they have the platform that they can support females and everything. And so if you have that proper platform, I think you need to take advantage of that. Um, Use that to your best abilities, you know. If you're going out on your first headlining tour and you're passionate about females in the industry, then maybe throw in some more females on your tour. You know, I love, absolutely love that Carrie Underwood had all females on their, on our tour. She had mm-hmm. Maddie DeTay and runaway June. And I think that cool. was the most amazing thing anyone could do um, because you're using what you have created with over the last, you know, however many years she's been in the industry, mm-hmm. you're using her platform to create something big. And okay. I think with CMT agreeing to do the 50, 50 thing, I think that is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love Leslie, um, and I love everything that CMC does. So I think a time's coming, you know. Yep. Um, it's so, actually yeah. interesting. I'm going to share this with you. Um, mm-hmm. I've worked with a lot of female artists on my public relation firms, mm-hmm. and um, I send out bi weekly reports um, to my clients. Um, and every time that I'm getting ready to type my bi weekly report, mm-hmm. I look back, and all my female artists, especially country, Get ten times more traction and media attention on my firm than males do, and I think that's interesting. I think just because I have nothing
0: against my
1: exactly, Um, I have nothing against my male artists, um, and I, you know, I achieve the best for them. Um, We actually have some exciting stuff coming up within the weeks with a few of my clients, Um, but I've always just been able to achieve more with females than I have males.
0: And and you know something too. What I I think this is the year that if you're a woman artist, you need to step it up. And here's why. What what CMT just did, they just opened the door for about 20 new artists. And they don't. And I don't think people realize this. They right now of all the artists that they really do videos for, mostly within CMT, because because again, there's so many more men videos out there than the women. So CMT's not going to be able to play Carrie and Miranda and those. Over and over and over to equal the fifty percent does that's going to be impossible, which means they're going to have to pull some new blood in there, so I believe this that there's going to be ten to twenty new spots available for women so within within that rotation and if and if and so if you're in the hunt, I think this is the year to do that.
1: No, I would agree with you, I think that um Definitely, you know, achieve the best and only the best.
0: So, another thing, too, that was, yeah, another thing that was an interesting thing, too, is that Joe and I talked last week about, and I'm bringing a lot of what we talked about him up because I like to get different people's perspective. One of my questions was, how do we change? Because, you know, when you talk to people, many people are like, I'll never pay for music again. And I asked Joe, what, I said, um, do you, how do we change that perspective or do we? And his, his first, he answered immediately, that ship's been sailed. You will not make a living off the, with the music anymore. Either you do shows and merchandise and that's where your money's at now. What do you think of that?
1: And I think that's 100% right. I think fans love more when they can sit and they can shake your hand and they can meet you or they can buy your merchandise. Um, I definitely agree with Joe 100% on that because as a person who's been in the industry um, and I've booked several concerts in my area, um, just um, mm-hmm. last year, I brought up Ally Colleen, um, which mm-hmm. is um, Garth Brooks' um, daughter, up uh, to Tabor, and the people liked her music and they listened to some mm-hmm. of her music online. But they mm-hmm. loved and absolutely loved when they got to feel that hometown experience and got mm-hmm. to shake her hands and talk to her about her dad, about her stepmom, you know, about her mom, you know, everything mm-hmm. that she's achieving. They love that ten times more. And so I think if you're an artist that is just relying on streaming part, not doing any shows, and hoping that you can meet and meet, you are wrong. That is the worst thing to do. I think you need to be out there engaging, um, meeting people, and selling merchandise. That is the way that you're going to connect with people.
0: Yeah, yeah, because he was talking about back in the 90s when CDs were such a big thing. He said a lot of people, he says they made – because he's in, in, he's in the distribution part. He says we made a ton of money um, with the CDs because so much profit was in the CDs. And people just – and where now people don't buy the CDs, so you can't do it. And he said back then, many times labels would get – would take a big percentage of you if they signed you, but whatever you sold merchandise – you could keep that. They said, "Oh, that that's your money. If you, whatever you can sell, because there was no money there." They and he said, "Now it's the opposite. Now because the bigger money is in the merchandise and the shows, the labels, if they sign you, they want that too." Interesting how that changes, huh?
1: Yeah. No, I think um, over time, I think that is interesting how things change. I just know personally, like I I don't buy CDs anymore. Um, people still make them. Um, you know, once in a while, I'll pick up a CD, and every Christmas time, I have my favorite all-time favorite Christmas CD, which is Dylan Scott's Christmas album, and I put that in my car, but nowadays, especially the younger generation, um, mm-hmm. they're just converting to their phones, and, you know, I cool. do the same thing, like, I don't want to listen to a whole album very often, you know, I have my playlist of my artists that I like, And so, you know, I love, you know, getting out of school and going and plugging my phone into my aux cord and, you know, Mm -hmm. or Bluetooth in it to my car and just jamming and experiencing that firsthand Um, instead of having to hit a button, the disc come out, and then you got to put another disc in, you got to wait for the thing to read it, and then it eventually plays it. Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's that's true. Um, So... It's really tough for independents to get on radio. Do you, is it even possible anymore? Because you know, as, as you know, the big labels really do have that door shut. Almost, it's as sad as it is. They have really shut that door where independents can hardly get on the radio. Do you think that ship's sailed? Where, or do you think that we're about to make a turn where it's going to be more of an independent things more on the radio coming soon? I mean. Um, I that.
1: always think the veterans in the industry are always going to have that radio time. Um, mm. No one wants to turn on the radio and find a song that they don't like because then mm. they're having to switch another station. Um, I think over time, I think radio possibly won't be a thing. Um, and it's sad mm. to say. I mean, I, I grew up on radio Um, and you know, that's, it's a thing, but I think Mm -hmm. that, um, these artists who are trying to break through don't necessarily need to focus on radio play. Um, they need to focus on building their content, building their streaming numbers, um, and building, you know, themselves. Um, yes, radio is great. I love my radio people that I work with. Um, but I think over the course of time, I think that's always going to be a home to the veteran artist or the artists who are signed to big labels. And I mm-hmm. think that's just something over time that people are just going to have to accept.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> see. Um, what do you, as you know, with, with music comes a lot of scam artists. How do we as a profession help artists not fall for a lot of these scams? Because there's a lot of them out there.
1: Um. I think the biggest thing is just letting them talk to you about what they've been through. You know, I've had several artists, um, you know, come to me and they're like, Trevor, you know, I really want PR, but I just forked, you know, $2,000 on my last campaign and the last company screwed me. Like, mm-hmm. they, I, I didn't get anything. And, you know, I think that being as personable as you can be with the artist and treating them like basically they're your own is a key to them to make them feel at home. Um, When I work with clients, um, actually the majority of my clients that I have on my roster right now, um, they have came from other firms um, Mm -hmm. and those firms, nothing against them, um, but maybe just those firms weren't right for them at the time, you know? Yeah. Um. And I think that just never giving up because everyone's mm-hmm. different. Um. You know, I've had artists turn away because they're like, oh, well, I just spent, you know, $3,000 mm-hmm. on a press campaign and yeah. I didn't get anything. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to spend money on PR again because I got mm-hmm. screwed over the last time. You know, I think it's just don't, don't give up and don't let your past
0: experiences
1: judge what your future experiences may be.
0: Amen to that. You know, that's just like with us, with what we're trying to do. I mean, it's been hard for us sometimes to get some artists to come on because cause of, cause of the scam, scam artists. Because I'm like, um, even though we're only a year old, some people are still kind of watching, okay, what are they going to do? And 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 although I wanted to start all our interviews last year, we really didn't until this year. Because I was trying to build New Country Buzz base before I take that next step because we've got this plan that we're trying to do. And, and of course, this, the Kristen Sandy Show now is that next plan, which what do you think about what we're trying to do as in – because there's a lot of podcasts that interview artists, But we wanted to be – a we were just like, how can we be different? Now, of course, granted, my wife and I, we're a team, so that makes us a little different because very few podcasts have husband and wife. We want to be more more unique. So where can we be different? So what we've been trying to do and is to let the up-and-coming country artists tell their stories because that's, that's mm-hmm. where I think that, peop, that a lot of your podcasters don't get – because, again, usually they have, tw- you know, 20, 30 minutes. You know, I give them 60 minutes, 60 to 90 minutes. So because of that, I can let them, you know what, tell it. Let's tell all – you know, oh, you've been – Abused when you're a kid, let's tell that. Let's tell – because I think in this day and time, fans want to connect to you as an artist. And if you hide everything that's ever happened to you, then they can't connect on the level that they need to connect. Because they ain't got to know, why is this song written? Why is there so much depth to this song? Well, when when you come on our show, we allow you to tell what that depth is.
1: Yeah, and I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. You know, I've been watching you guys since day one, um, and I think that being in the industry um, for the amount of time I've been in um, and watching your platform grow as quick as it's growing, I think that's definitely a very smart decision on your guys' part um, because a lot of artists, they don't have that platform to share their story. You know, when I started in the industry at age 13, I started it as I would say a joke. Like I <laughs> wasn't taking it seriously like I mentioned. Um and I was just here to be here, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um but within my first 6 months of doing everything, um mm. I actually landed an interview with Chris Lane um oh, wow. and it was before that before he kind of hit it big with all his stuff that he's going on now um and i talked to him you know and i think mm-hmm. that kind of confirmed like okay i need to create a platform that artists mm-hmm. can use and i can share their story and so um i launched my magazine and um i worked with a very good partner of mine and you know we shared some of the best moments that mm-hmm. i've ever shared um i'll never forget when Um, I did an interview and Instagram story takeover with Kaylee Mm -hmm. shore and she released her um, song called two hands and we Mm -hmm. were celebrating her release and um, she was doing an Instagram story and I received this text from one of my friends that were watching the Instagram story. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea who Kaylee shore was, but during her Instagram story, Mm -hmm. She was driving down the street in Nashville, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and she saw a stray dog. Mm -hmm. So she pulled over, and she got that stray dog. Well, it turned into an Instagram story where she skipped all her meetings that day, and she took the dog to the shelter and, like, helped it found its family. And Mm -hmm. our ratings and our social numbers grew, and I want to say grew, to the max, with followers because of Kaylee's situation.
0: Yeah, because, see, you know, although, as you know, we launched a little over a year ago, but we actually originally launched in 2014 at the end of it, New Country Buzz. Now, we had a different vision then than we do now. And in 2015, we end up shutting everything down, which I still regret to this day. Um, But before we shut it down, like you said with Chris Lane, we got to interview Kelsey Ballerini before she made it big. She had, a, she, she had a top 30 on her first single Was when we interviewed her. And I, I still – was like – and, again, that told me we were doing things right, but personal reasons, we shut everything down. But I always kept in contact with all my – with all of our contacts in Nashville, our artist contacts, so I always knew I'd probably relaunch one day. And, it, and it's one of them things where – it's like an artist. If they quit singing, they they feel like something's missing. Well, I always felt like something was missing. So in 2018, I was like, well, because I we let go of NewCountryBuzz.com domain and all everything. And every six months, I would, oh, it's still available. Oh, it's still available. And then, yeah, you know, I think if it would have been taken, I probably would have been went a whole other route. I wouldn't have been as happy as I am now. But I probably would have went. But in 2018, at the end of it, I told Sandy, I was like, I think we need to finish what we started. I was like, you know, we still we still have a great – because, see, the the very first artist that ever gave us a chance back in 2014 to interview him was Allison Still with Two Still Goods. She was the very first person we interviewed, <laughs> and, and that was That's really awesome. awesome. And, and what happened was I was – we were starting to connect with a lot of people, artists, because of – Sandy liked the songwriting and all that, so I'd connect with a lot of up-and-coming artists, and she happened to be one of them. And I posted out there what we're trying to do, and Allison said, "What do you need? I'll do it." So she was like the first person to give us that chance. So, and then, but again, again, we, things happened. 2015, in 2016, we're still thinking about it. 17, I was thinking about it, In 18, I was like, you know what? We need to finish what we started, and now our vision for everything. We didn't even think about doing a show back. Then. I mean, it had no. I, that wasn't even crossing our mind because technology was different in 2014-15 than it is now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we didn't even even consider any type of online radio show or anything or podcast or anything like that. So now the vision is like so much bigger. Like we still, I I actually own the domain um, RisingCountryStars.com that I still, and I know some people disagree with this, but I still want to make it a print magazine. Because I, because the ideal behind it is, you have artists that are almost breaking through. That's who that magazine. It wouldn't be for your smaller artists because we got the New Country Buzz, Chris and Sandy Show, all that's for that. <laughs> Rising country stars would be focused on your artists that are like at that edge of breakthrough. Because of course, if you've got a print magazine, you need, you're gonna have to um, have a little more clout there,
1: <laughs>
0: you know, because there's a lot of money for, for print. So, it would be for people that are about to break through, you know, kind of like a Gabby or a Cody, you know, people like that. That would be who the magazine itself would be for. So, eventually, some of the people with new country buzz would grow into for the magazine, too. But the magazine, I always thought, you know what? If a magazine called Rising Country Stars was on a newsstand, I think a lot of people who love country music would pick that up. Yeah, and I definitely think that would.
1: Be. Be something beneficial for everyone in the industry,
0: and that's kind of a ideal down the road that we. Have. And like I said, I couldn't believe last year, I was playing with domains and I was like, I put in. Cause see, I was, I've been, <clears throat> my tagline has always been about rising country stars. So you know, news, reviews, interviews of rising country stars. And I and last year, I was like, oh God, you know, if I keep that tagline, whoever owns risingcountrystars.com could one day undercut me, 'm um, a little bit. So I went to the, go see what site was on, and I couldn't find a site. So I went to GoDaddy. Oh, it's available! So I locked it in that day. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it was really to secure my tagline so that nobody used that particular domain. But then I got as time went and as this starts growing, I'm like, you know, I've got an idea for that. And I and again, I know people say print. Don't work no more, but I think niche print does, and that would be a niche print.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that um, any press is good press, um, and I think that if you have the pr- proper platform and the platform already established, I think you can do anything.
0: Exactly. Well, you know what? You know, It's been really great having you on. If you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch with you and do, do business with you, go for it. Of
1: course. So I have a website, it's PerkinsPublicity.com. You can find all my clients clients there, my services, um, and you can have my Nashville number. You can call me, text me at any time, I'd be more than happy to chat with you. Um, you can also connect with me personally on Facebook, just Trevor Perkins. Um, and you can also follow me on Instagram, Trevor Perkins Official. Um, and we appreciate you and thank you so much, Chris, for having me
0: on today no problem we i really enjoyed it um i lo- love i just love talking to people in general and when it's about music it's even better
1: <laughs> definitely definitely
0: and we look forward to, uh as your company grows to have you back on for other things and one last thing another idea and this came from my wife you know as you know the name of this new segment is called state of the music business once mm-hmm. we get a you know maybe 30 40 um executives that have Done, and we get to kind of see where everybody comes from, where everybody's doing this and that, and their opinions. We're thinking about doing like a state of the music business conference, where we bring in yeah. a lot of the a lot of the executives in to speak, and have an artists come in, pay a small fee. Just so, well, the goal would be not to really make a lot of money, but to, you know, kind of break even to let artists come in and they can learn with different workshops from from the different executives there, so that so the executives can teach them. This is what we are looking for. That way they at least know. Yeah, yeah
1: no, I think that's awesome. I think that mission would be great. And, there, you know, there's not a lot of conferences or things like that in the music industry. And so mm-hmm. I think that creating a platform where artists can come in and learn from executives who've been in the industry um, would be super beneficial to them.
0: That's awesome. I, I love to hear that. But love talking to you and I could do this all day if we wanted to but I know you're really busy <laughs> and um, I don't want to take up much more of your time because I try to keep it 30-40 to minutes for the business executives and I think we're at 40 minutes now. Time flies. <laughs> yeah, I, no worries. You
1: know, well, thank you so much for having me on Chris. I love everything that you and Sandy are doing. You guys keep up the great work and thank you so much for supporting my artists and all artists all across the globe.
0: We we appreciate your support too and we and we will talk to you real soon.
1: All right, talk soon. Have a great rest of your day.
0: You too. Bye. Hey everyone. Hope you enjoyed that one. A little different perspective than last week. Um with because of age, but you get it. Passion. Passion is where the music is. With without passion, you're not going to make it. I don't care if it's business, I don't care if it's education. I don't care what you do in life. If you don't have the passion to drive like he said, you're not going to be able to do much. Figure out your drive, and you'll change your life. And with that, we'll see you tomorrow.